1: Hello, and welcome to episode 102 of the Blended Family Podcast. I'm about to announce the winner of the coaching contest. Then we'll get into our topic, which is living in the present moment, and we'll finish today with a family interview. So it's a full show for you today. Thank you to everyone who submitted emails for the coaching contest. I have chosen a winner, and it's Jennifer from Indiana, and here is her letter. She says, Melissa... I've been married for two years, and my blended family consists of me, my husband, and our seven children. I had three previously, my husband had three, and we have one together. Things started out great when we moved in, but quickly turned south. The children don't get along, and my husband and I are at a loss with what to do. When it comes to discipline, we can't see eye to eye. The kids are trying to turn us against one another, and our exes are adding fuel to the fire. Everything I imagined our blended family to be didn't come to fruition. I love my husband, but I'm starting to feel like I made a mistake. If things keep going the way they are, I don't see us making this marriage work. I hope you choose me because I really want to save my marriage, and I don't know where else to turn. I do not want another failed marriage. Sincerely, Jennifer. Well, I chose Jennifer because she's got a lot going on here, multiple issues that need to be addressed. And there are lots of lives at stake. With three kids each and one biological child, I'd like to see this marriage work out too. To everyone else who submitted an email, thank you. You can still work with me. If anyone wants to go ahead and schedule a coaching session, just go to blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash schedule and click the coaching option. I would love to work with you. So let's get into today's topic, living in the present moment. What does that mean? It means you're not thinking about the past or worrying about the future. It means you're bringing your awareness to what's happening right now. Although that sounds simple enough, it's really hard to do. We live in a crazy world right now. There's so much going on around us. Life is hectic, we're working, we're raising children, trying to make ends meet. And so instead of us enjoying life, we spend our time worrying, rushing, and letting important moments pass us by. In a blended family, it's even more difficult to remain present. Aside from the daily chaos that comes from having children and rotating schedules, there's an amount of added drama. Many people focus on the past. They can't get over past hurts, an ex did you wrong and you can't forgive them. Or people worry about the future, will my stepchildren ever like me? These things pull you right out of living in the moment. Yet you spend so much time and energy on those things that you fail to enjoy and savor what's right in front of you, which is this moment right now. So today I'm going to talk about how to do that. It isn't easy and it will require some effort on your part, but once you get into the habit of doing it, at least sometimes, you may find that life becomes a bit more manageable. I'm going to give you some ideas, some things you can try and you might want to pick and choose the ones that you feel are best for you. The first thing I would recommend is to meditate. Now, meditation is not for everyone. I have told you that I myself have a really hard time with it. And if you go back um, in the archives to episodes number 60 and 61 back in January, I did two episodes on meditation with Shell Hamilton, who is an expert in the field. Anyone will tell you to meditate if you are trying to be in the present moment, and that is because... When you meditate, you quiet the mind, which is really what being in the present moment is about. I have a hard time with it too, but there are even mini meditations that you can do. For instance, if you stop what you're doing for a moment and just focus on your breath, just pay complete attention to your breath going in and out of your lungs for just a minute, that's a form of a mini meditation. Did you ever zone out for a bit while you're driving or cleaning or running You stopped thinking and forgot what you were doing for a moment? Did you ever drive down the highway and suddenly wonder how you got where you're at? Same thing. A real practice of meditation daily will help you. Michelle Hamilton created a meditation just for us, but there are lots of podcasts and apps that help you with guided meditations, so you can pick the ones that work best for you. And I have heard good things about Headspace and Calm, They're apps, and they aren't sponsors of mine. I've just heard about them. My biggest excuse about not doing meditation is that I don't have time, to which people tell me that means I need it even more. Anyway, that is the first thing that I recommend that will help bring you to the present moment. Next, stop worrying. That may be an impossible task for many of you. It is part of the human experience to worry. None of us are immune from that. But here's the thing about worry. It doesn't change outcomes and it doesn't help you. We live life worried about everything. How are we gonna pay the bills? What if my child won't get on track? What am I doing wrong that the ex doesn't like me? Are my children and stepchildren ever going to get along? This is an example of living in the future, not the present. You're so worried about what's gonna happen that you can't enjoy this moment right now. And the worst part about that is that your constant worry can't change or control what is going to happen. Except that if you believe in the law of attraction or attracting negative energy, then that is exactly what you will do. You can attract negative experiences to yourself by constantly focusing on them. Instead of worrying about something, think of what you can do in this moment to change it because that's really all that you can do. Next, stop dwelling in the past. Another huge problem for so many people. I should have done this or I should have done that. Now you're living in the past, another place you have no control to change. It doesn't matter what happened in the past because you can't go back and change it. So how is that going to serve you? To dwell on past mistakes and wish you had done things differently? You can only change what you do today. So here's what you need to do. When those thoughts pop into your mind, think of ways to learn from those mistakes. Either what lessons have you learned or what can you learn? Turn that into something positive for yourself. And that will help you grow as a person. Instead of being angry at yourself that you married your ex, understand that that marriage was part of your path and you can't change it. Instead, what did you learn from that relationship? And another part of this is to forgive past hurts. Aside from forgiving yourself, which is so important, you should learn how to forgive others. And I've talked about the importance of this before here on the show. I know that there are some hurts that are hard to forgive. I've had them too. You don't have to forget them, but forgiveness is just as much for you as the other person. In fact, it's more for you than the other person. Holding on to hate or anger is hurting you, not them. They may not care, but having those feelings in your body causes emotional and physical problems. Forgiveness is a journey, and it doesn't happen overnight, but it's something to work toward. Let me give you an example. Maybe you're still holding anger at your partner's ex for not accepting you in the beginning of your relationship. Maybe they used the kids against you, said mean things, caused disrupt. But maybe more recently they've turned things around. Instead of trying to work together on the relationship, you can't because you're so focused on the past that you just can't forgive them. But you're missing out on opportunities to grow. You're living in the past instead of today. You're missing out on a new relationship that would make the whole blended family run more smoothly because you can't let it go. And then some of you might say, well, what if she does it again or he does it again? Well, you know what? Then you'd be living in the future again with worry. It's hard to do, I notice. And I'm not saying not to be cautious or to let down all walls. It takes time. But if you want to learn the gift of being in the present moment, it's important to forgive. You won't believe the weight off of your shoulders when you do that. Next, stop overthinking. Again, another part of the human experience. We have that constant voice in the mind that never shuts up. For most of us, we're so used to it that we don't even notice it. We don't pay attention to it. And the sad thing is that for most of us, the voice is negative, condescending, even abusive to ourselves. It can say, you're not good enough as a step-parent. The ex was a better spouse, and my partner wishes I was more like them. I'll never be able to raise these kids. And other things like I'm not attractive, I'm a slob, or I'm stupid. You are never going to be able to completely shut it off. Possibly during meditation you can, but during regular waking hours it will be there. What you can do with this is notice it and accept it. Just observe the thought with no feelings. When it comes, kind of watch the thought go by in your mind and say, well, there goes that thought again. I'm overthinking again. Sometimes once we bring attention to it, we can let it go. Another thing you can do if you can't let it go is to replace it. So let's say your thought is, my stepchildren will never love me. Notice the thought and then replace it with something more positive like, I'm doing the best I can and eventually my stepchildren will see that and they will grow to love and accept me. And you will do this every time. A thought like I'm not good enough can be turned to, I am more than capable. Even if you don't believe so, eventually repeating those types of positive affirmations will sink in and become your truth. You shouldn't judge your thoughts as good and bad, but more noticing whether they serve you or not. Next, Focus on each day as it comes. With the chaos of the blended family, our calendars are full. We have to do lots of planning to keep the house running smoothly, so go ahead and plan and fill your calendar, but stop stressing about what's happening tomorrow or next week or next month. Take each day as it comes with the challenges of that day. Focus on one thing at a time, one day at a time. I am so in need of work in this area myself. That's because my workload is huge, and I get really easily overwhelmed with everything I have to do, and before I know it, I'm totally freaking out. And the only way I combat this is by making daily reminder lists of what needs to get done, and I try to only focus on what I have to do that day. And if I get it all done, then I can move on to see tomorrow's list, or I can relax and wait for tomorrow to conquer that list. And last, be mindful. This is huge. What does it mean to be mindful? It means bringing awareness to all of our actions and thoughts. It means not running on autopilot like so many of us do every day. This is a practice. It's not easy, especially in today's world with so many distractions. We are all walking around in a daze, aren't we? Half concentrating on what we're doing with our mind running on what we need to do later. We're listening to music or a TV program while we're eating. We are multitaskers. And we have to be that in today's world, really. I'm guilty, too. When I'm working during the day, I'm listening to podcasts. When I'm talking to my kids, sometimes I'm checking my work emails. I'm never fully focused on what I need to do right now. Here's how to practice mindfulness. Pay full attention to what you are doing. Now, I know you can't do this all day long, but periodically throughout the day. When you're eating, stop reading or listening to TV and just... Pay attention to what you're eating. Smell the food. Pay attention to how it tastes and feels in your mouth. Actually enjoy the food that you're eating rather than scarfing it down like so many of us do when we're in a rush. If you're working, place your full attention into your job instead of allowing your mind to wander elsewhere. When you're showering, enjoy the water and how it feels in your skin. When you're with your kids, be there with them. Conversate with them and play with them without looking at your phone. When you're being intimate with your partner, be there. Don't think about the laundry that's piling up or what you have to do tomorrow. Go on a walk, take in the beauty around you and breathe in the fresh air. With everything you do, bring awareness to it. That's what being mindful means. Before we move on to the family interview portion of the show, I want to share with you one of my favorite quotes about living in the present moment, and it goes like this. Yesterday is history tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why we call it the present. That is my favorite quote. To me, that perfectly sums up the idea of being present. You can't do anything about the past. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. The best thing we can do is live today, since that is the only thing we can control. We all have the power today to change our lives. If we don't like the way things are, no sense in blaming our past or worrying about our future. What can we do today to make our life what we want it to be? And I hope today's topic was helpful to you, and I hope you can apply some of these ideas into your life every day. I think if you do, you'll see positive results. If you have more ideas you'd like to share, please send feedback to me, Melissa, at blendedfamilypodcast.com, or come and join the conversation in the Facebook group at blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash group. I have a great family interview for you with Renee Decker, who lives all the way over in Australia. Enjoy the interview, and I'll be back next week with another show. This is the part of the show where we get to know one of our listeners and learn more about their blended family. Today I'm speaking with Renee Decker all the way from Victoria, Australia. Their blended family has been together for four years and includes her fiancé, Glenn, and their six children. Renee has one son who's 15 and two daughters aged 13 and 10. Glenn has one daughter who's 16 and two sons ages 13 and 11. Renee, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on, on the podcast um, and, and share an Australian point of view. Yeah, absolutely. You, this is a first for me, so uh, I love it. I think it's wonderful. So let's start by just telling us your story. How did you meet your partner, Glenn?
0: Um, it's actually a really cheesy story. We we um, met at the Christmas work party. Um, I I'd had a few too many wines and I mm-hmm. broke my high heel and fell on a stair and he caught me, and that's that's the first time we we met and um, it sort of went from there. We messaged each other and we worked in different departments, so we didn't cross paths very often. Um, and then he got promoted into my department and yeah, it went from there. I'm now his boss. So it's...
1: You're his boss. <laughs> yes. That's funny. You know, it actually does not sound like a cheesy story at all. It actually sounds out of the pages of like a romance novel, really. I mean, or yeah. a movie. that's wonderful. Wow. So, um, Renee, what's your biggest struggle and what is your greatest joy? So I want to know, in your opinion, what is the best part and the worst part of having a blended family?
0: Um, This one, I actually broke into two, um, two categories for my biggest struggle. I find that I have issues and struggles personally myself and issues and struggles as a blended family. Um, we, we've been through a very nasty and expensive court battle. We had um, alienation with the kids mm. on Glenn's side. Um, I'm I'm very organised in my house and and she withholds information and deliberately blocks us from school portals and things like that. So I, I find myself personally uh, um, being so organised or trying to be so organised all the time, um, very frustrating day to day, week to week, to get just to have the household running smoothly mm-hmm. with so many kids and so many activities have, happening all the time. Um, as a blended family, um, our biggest struggle is that we're not fully blended. So we have um, Glenn's kids um, one week, and then we have my kids the, the next week. So we always have kids here, but they're not fully blended. Which I, um, if I could do it again, I would, I would blend them all together from the start and that's a choice of the two elder boys so they don't get along very well and um they when we sold my house and bought a bigger house and moved in together we asked all the kids what do you want to do do you want to all live together or stay separate um and the two elder boys preferred keeping it the way it was so we did that because that's what they wanted but yeah it's it's pretty there's a different atmosphere when Glenn's kids are here to when my kids are here because of what's happening with his ex and we're in court still at the moment so it's it's, yeah you walk around eggshells a fair bit when his kids are here.
1: Yeah, that sounds pretty tough. And also um, doing it the way you're doing it, you don't really get a break, even though I know in in traditional homes, you don't get a break either. You have the kids 24-7. But yeah, yeah, usually with a blended family, a lot of people do it. Well, the way I do it is we have all the kids and then no kids. So at least Sean and I have every other weekend to kind of get a break. Because when you have four to six kids or whatever size your blended family is, you sometimes look forward to that little bit of a break exactly and oh we do but we don't get it oh gosh okay and well let's move on what is your
0: greatest joy my greatest joy is um every every school holiday so our school holidays are different here we have um we do about an eight-week term we have uh four terms a year and then we have two weeks of holidays in between each term so the two weeks of holidays we have all the kids together for a week um and I just love it I love how the kids all hang out together and um the girls especially are very close, um, and my kids are very close to Glenn. So, you know, when his kids are here and the pride on his face, you know, he gets to do things with them and spend really good quality time with them. There's not, you know you're at school then you come home then you're off to doing basketball or or whatever after school he gets to spend really good quality time with them um and when the house is full and bursting at the seams and chaotic and crazy um that's when I'm at my best I think I, I just love having them all in the house and I love watching them all hang out together and do stuff together and yeah I just lots of love lots of hugs it's it's great
1: Yeah. Sometimes we say that, too, with all the chaos that there is when they're all here. We know that, you know, sometimes when they're not here, we're like, gosh, it's so quiet around here, you know, because you kind of like that. Well, and that's so interesting what you said about the schools, because I've talked about that before here, that I wish our school system did it like that, where there was school all year long. And then you had those couple week breaks because we get, you know, from about June through August off of school and the kids have nothing to do and they're bored out of their mind and it's just not it's not good I wish we did it your way so that's kind of cool
0: yeah that's hard
1: yeah so okay let's move on what are some lessons that you've learned along the way um
0: this was a tough one because I think you know I'm still learning we've only been together for four years um and I know I've heard you mention quite a bit on the podcast about there's that seven-year cycle and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hanging out for the seven-year cycle yeah. <laughs> now. But um, um, I think it's because of the court thing again, I think trying not to get sucked into a an us-versus-them mentality. Mm-hmm. So quite often, um, you know, and I'm, I'm guilty myself of, of bad-mouthing um, a step you know my son's stepmom to him and I think actually came up on one of your podcasts and I got caught and I had to apologize and and you know we're great friends now and and we see each other at sporting events and we all sit together and it's it's awesome for the kids but on Glenn's side I think it's I find myself um Really wary of what I say to his kids in case it gets back to her, or walking around on eggshells because you know we get letters all the time from lawyers saying you shouldn't have done this or you should have done that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's and it's constant. It's it's always in the back of your mind, so it's hard not to get sucked into the negativity and yeah, that that competition mindset. Um, so I'm I'm tr- I'm I've learned along the way just to um, to try and let it go and think of the kids and think of positives and try and just stay, you know, ahead of all of it. Yeah.
1: That's exactly right. It is very hard when stuff like that is happening to not get negative and not get drawn in. Yeah. (sighs) Well, what's something that, you know, now that you wish you knew back then? Um, I think along the
0: same sort of lines is, you know, don't focus on what you can't change. Don't, don't always look at the negatives, try and find the positives, um, accept that that's, that's how she is. She's not going to change. The, because the kids are older too, they they can choose where they want to live and they have chosen to keep it the way it is. Um, she just can't accept that. So, you know, at the start, you know, I thought we'll, we'll go to mediation, that we'll sort it out. And then it didn't. And then we went to court and that didn't sort it out. And now we're going back to court again. Yeah. I think it's important to recognize if someone doesn't want to change that she's or they're not going to change, and if you the earlier you you see that, I think you can save yourself a lot of a lot of hardship and a lot of grief and a lot of um, mentally draining yourself
1: that's exactly things right. That you
0: can't fix. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because there, you know, you, you can hope for the best and, and people always can change, but we know that we can't make them change. And so you have to learn how to live in peace knowing that, you know, whether that person changes or not, you have to be okay with your partner. So I'm glad exactly, that you're exactly.
0: And it does cause, it causes a lot of problems between uh, Glenn and I, you know, we'll, we'll get a letter in the mail, and you know, your anxiety levels go through the roof and, what's going on now? And he's like, it's okay. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh yeah, it's just, you know, day-to-day stuff. You, you yeah. have your clashes and yeah. So trying not to get sucked in and, and, um, and not let it come between us is, is another thing we're still learning to do. Absolutely. With the early days. Yeah. yeah. So, uh,
1: the next question I may, I can kind of guess what you might say, but if you could change one thing about your blended family, what would it be and why?
0: Uh, I would blend them from the start. Yeah. So so when we first uh, moved in together, it was out of um, financial, um, it was better for us financially to, to move in together. I owned my house and Glenn was paying rent. So I said, that's ridiculous. You should just move in. And um, we probably didn't consider the kids uh, as much as we should have. Mm-hmm. And if we had done that from the start, we probably wouldn't have had issues that the older boys have because there was this you know it was always still my house that even when Glenn's kids came over and and moved in it was still Renee's house and it was right. still Mitchell's room and and Natasha's room and you can't go in there and you can't touch that and that was really hard for Glenn's kids to deal with I think and and looking back I would have definitely just said no we'll just get a house that's ours it's a family house it's not my house right it's, yeah that was that was a big problem at the start, I think. And that's just, it's never got better because we never really resolved it.
1: Well, I can understand why you did what you did, you know, for a financial reason. And I'm um, sure you explained that to the kids, but that's... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> so let's see here. Uh, well, what do you do to keep a positive attitude and a sense of peace, Renee?
0: Um, I run. Um, uh, that's my probably that's my 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 me time and i i do it every day and the kids know i do that every day and they know when i'm walking out the door i'm going to be back in half an hour or so and um i find that just getting the endorphins going helps i also where i work is a really physical challenging job and i love it and it's good to take the kids to school and drop them off and then drive to work and put in my eight hours and not worry about, yeah, I love my job and it's easy for me just to switch off from mum mode and go into work mode and then clock out and then go back to mum mode. I find that really, um, that helps me day to day. Um, but the running definitely, um, otherwise, um, I've got some really great girlfriends that I can vent to, uh, very neutral, very unbiased. I've got a therapist, Good. Um, I definitely recommend a the therapist from the start.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you can, I, I always recommend that, you know, especially yeah. for yourself, just to keep your sanity. And I'm glad that you're running. I always say exercise is what helps me. Whenever I start to feel a little edgy, I make sure that I exercise, and it usually helps me feel better. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, and another thing I would suggest too is I don't know what the systems are like over over there, but our court system is really um, quite fractured and quite um, harsh towards dads. I think mm-hmm. if you can get your head around how the court system works and um, and, and try and obviously get great legal advice, but um, I found that, that really hard to um, – understand why it's so one-sided. There is definitely cases where it should be um, one-sided, whether the mum will get custody or whatever. But yeah, I found that a real challenge too, I must, from from previous questions, yeah.
1: We, uh, over here in the States, it used to be like that, very, very harsh on dads. But just, I would say probably within the last 10 years, um, I've seen a dramatic change where it's becoming better for the dads, you know, better for custody, better for rights. It's really changing around, but, you know, it's still going to take a while because, you know, from back in the day, it was just always so mom focused and, you know, always saying dads are deadbeats and dads are this and that. And it's really not true. I mean, we can see today that there's wonderful dads out there and sometimes, sometimes the moms are are in the wrong and sometimes it's neither. But yeah, I'm sorry that you're going through that over there and hopefully you know, you guys will start to get more progressive for dad's rights over there in the next few years. Yeah, that'd be great. Have you found any helpful resources that you'd like to share such as books, websites, podcasts, or anything like that?
0: Um, well, this podcast, your podcast, definitely. Um, I found that uh, over a year ago, I think. And yeah, I, I hang out for for Mondays when the podcasts come out. Um, I think it's just good to know that there's there's even in America, on the other side of the world, it's you know you don't feel like you're the only one going through it. You, there's the same struggles and the same joys, um, no matter what the demographic is and social circles and all that. I think it's good to know that you're not alone. Um, but I've, yeah, I've read some books and um, but yeah, I've, I must say probably your podcast is the only one I really um, get into and and follow.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to have you. I know you've been listening for a long time, so yeah. that's wonderful. And and the last question, Renee, is what advice can you offer to other blended families? Something maybe that you know you're doing right, or something that you have found helpful for your family.
0: Um, I've actually found this one really easy. I ultimately, keep it about the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, because our kids are older, um, we're we're getting to that stage where they they don't want to spend as much time with us, you know, they'll go to friends' houses or mates' houses, and um, and they, my kids in particular will choose um, some weekends to say, oh, we're going to stay at Dad's this weekend because we've got sport close at his house or what have you, um, and that's fine. I'm, I'm quite – if that's fine with your Dad, that's fine with me. Um, it's easy to get caught up in the, you know, the whole child support thing and what he should be doing what what, you know, she should be doing. I think if – a lot of the time I'll say to Glenn – just ask the kids what they want to do. If they want to do that, then let them do that. It's not... Yeah, I think if you just put it about the kids from the start, when, when you first get together, what do you guys want to do? And even to the point where, you know, we've we've got kids seven days a week, 24 hours a day, because that's what the kids wanted. You know, we could have forced them to move in together and hate each other and fight all the time, and, and it would have been miserable. But because that's what they wanted to do, we did that. And I think if you... Um, always keep the kids first, regardless of what else is going on in the house, then I don't think you can lose, really.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful advice. Well, Renee, thank you so much for coming on the show to share your story. It's so helpful to the rest of our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. And if any of you want to connect with Renee, you can find her in the Facebook group at blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash group, where she is an active member. I hope you enjoyed this family interview. And if you'd like to participate as well, you can email me at melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com with interview in the subject line, and I will send you all the information you need. Hope to hear from you soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye.